What's up, my fellow history nerds, and welcome back. As always, this podcast is going to cover a few of the things you've learned in history class, but most of the things you didn't. I'm Christy Ann, and this is Adult History. to start this off with a warning. This episode contains graphic descriptions of disease and death and is not suitable for young children. This evening's episode is very fitting for the current conditions of our world. We are talking about the Black Death, otherwise known as the plague, that ripped through Europe during the 1300s. Before we get into the tragedy and destruction caused by this plague, let's take the edge off with our historically themed cocktail for this evening, which is appropriately called the Black Death, plague not included. You will need a cocktail shaker, some ice, one and a half ounces of blue curacao liqueur, three quarters of an ounce of tequila, three quarters of an ounce of grenadine syrup, one and a half ounces of lemon juice, three ounces of blood orange juice. Now shake with ice, pour, and enjoy. All right, guys, I thought this would be an interesting subject to go over, to remind us just how lucky we are to be going through a pandemic during the time of modern medicine. Worldwide pandemics and plagues are nothing new to this earth, but few have come close to the destruction and death caused by the Black Death of the 1300s. It is believed to have originated in China and Inner Asia during the time a Mongol leader was fighting a battle to seize a port in Crimea. His army was destroyed by the Black Death, and he was left with no other means than to catapult diseased corpses into the towns of his enemies to infect them. This most certainly could be considered early biological warfare. Unaware that they were infected, sailors sailed from the Asian port to the cities of Genoa, Messina, and Constantinople, thus introducing the Black Death to Europe. When these ships, now referred to as the Death Ships, arrived in port, Those on the docks were met with a horrifying surprise. The ships were filled with dead sailors, and those who were clinging to life were diseased and covered in black oozing boils. And this, folks, is where the mass spreading of the Black Death began. It spread like wildfire over the continent of Europe, finally making its way to England in the summer of 1349. Europeans were not at all prepared for the devastating reality that was the Black Death. Early symptoms would appear as large boils in the groin and armpits that would often grow to the size of an apple. These boils were black in color and would ooze blood and pus. Yes, I know it's graphic, but this is how the plague became known as the Black Death. However, this was only the beginning of the maladies. These plague boils were accompanied by fever, chills, vomiting, diarrhea, and body aches, which were shortly followed by death. In a time of already poor hygiene and sanitation, can you imagine the smells that would have filled the streets as death and disease ran rampant through the summer heat of Europe? Let's take a quick break. Now back to the lesson. 
the people of Europe knew almost nothing about the plague. They had no way of understanding how it spread or what caused it. They often believed just the mere touch of an infected person's clothing would transfer the disease immediately. The Black Death did not discriminate, young, old, male or female, sound familiar? Everyone was susceptible and it was an extremely effective illness. It was said that one could go to bed fine and by morning be dead. We now know the plague was actually caused by a bacillus or bacteria that affected the lymphatic system. This is why the lymph nodes would become swollen and infected in the groin and armpit region. We also know that rats carrying infected fleas were traveling aboard the ships. The fleas would then bite a human, thus causing the rapid spread as they traveled throughout Europe. There were three different forms of the plague that struck simultaneously. Bubonic, septicemic, or bloodborne, and pneumonic, which was airborne. If you had to pick one, you'd want to choose bubonic, which killed up to 75% of infected people. But septicemic and pneumonic plague had a 100% mortality rate. It has even led to theories that the childhood nursery rhyme, Ring Around the Rosie, is referencing the Black Death. Rosies would be referring to red rashes that were symptoms of the plague. Pocketful of posies were herbs carried to protect against infection. Ashes, or originally worded as achoo, referred to the sneezing often seen with the disease and, well, we all fall down, references you guessed it, death. But back in the 1300s, they did not realize any of this until it was too late. It was so infectious that doctors would refuse to see patients, priests would refuse to give last rites, and shopkeepers would close their doors to the public. Doctors who did see patients often turned to unsophisticated and unsanitary methods to try to cure the disease. These included bloodletting and boil lancing, which often caused more harm to the patient. Doctors even turned to alternative medicine, such as burning herbs and bathing the ill in rose water. I guess if nothing else, this would have helped with the smell of death and disease. So many people were dying daily that it was an actual job to be a body collector during the plague. Body collecting was an undesirable, lower-class job. It was also an extremely dangerous job. There wasn't enough space to properly bury the victims of the Black Death, so across Europe, cities resorted to mass graves. You would often see body collectors wearing beaked masks, hauling carts of diseased dead to be dumped in the mass graves. The famous plague doctor outfit might look like a crazy bird, but the mask was actually designed to block out bad smells. According to a theory at the time, illnesses, like the plague, were spread by foul smells. By filling the beak of the mask with flowers and herbs, doctors believed they could protect themselves from infection. And body collectors might have tried similar tactics to make their job less deadly. Honestly, the masks in themselves were terrifying in appearance and only added to the overall nightmare that these people must have been enduring. And the plague didn't just infect humans. Cows, pigs, sheep, and chickens were all struck down by the disease. So a main food source was now being wiped out. On top of that, so many people were ill that the farmers had no laborers to work their lands. If the plague didn't get you, you would often starve to death. Let's pause for a quick break. Back to the lesson. It's believed that 20 million Europeans lost their lives to the Black Death in the five years that it spread its horror throughout the continent. It also contributed to a rise in anti-Semitism due to most Europeans believing that the plague was a punishment sent from God for their sins. 
Entire towns of Jewish populations were wiped out by mobs coming through and murdering them to try and please their disappointed God. England alone lost a third to a half of their entire population during those years. Over time, it was realized that the spread of the plague could be slowed or even halted by social distancing and isolation. In future years, sailors arriving in ports would be quarantined for up to 40 days before they could enter a new country. This is what led to the end of the Black Death as we know it. However, I will leave you with the terrifying fact that the Black Death still exists today. While we now have medicine to cure it, as well as better health and sanitation habits, according to the World Health Organization, there are still 1,000 to 3,000 cases of the plague every single year. Okay, so I know this was a dark episode, but it's just so fitting. We are lucky to have the access to medicine and modern healthcare practices that we do as we endure our own version of this tragedy. So wear your masks and social distance. Even if you believe it doesn't help, it really doesn't hurt. And be thankful. That's one of the only things we are having to endure. Feel free to share these terrifying facts with those around you, just in case they didn't realize how scary a pandemic can really be. And I will be back with you next week to talk about a little bit more of a lighter subject and one that everyone has been buzzing about, the life of Alexander Hamilton. Today's lesson was written and edited by Christiane, and all music for this podcast was created by Corey Miller. You can also find today's lesson sources on our Facebook page at Adult History. Thank you.